Good morning. Excited to be here this morning. I know I am. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so turn in your Bibles to Psalm 41. This is a psalm of David to the chief musician. Um, According to many commentators, um, this psalm ends the first of the five groupings or books contained in the psalms, um, indicated by the words amen and amen at the end of the final verse. This double amen phrase occurs also at the end of Psalm 72, 89, and 106. My goals, number one, to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, who himself was poor and afflicted, yet he had the most consideration for the poor of any man ever recorded. Yes, right. Also, to glorify our Father in heaven for showing himself mighty on the behalf of many in our congregation and those we know who were sick and distressed, especially those who have confirmed the truth of this psalm by their example of caring for the poor. Also, in continuation of the theme of last Thursday's prayer meeting, which was about our congregation's growth and service, I want to exhort us all to greater godliness in our mercy and care for those less fortunate than ourselves. Please follow along as I read Psalm 41 to you. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he shall be blessed upon the earth. Thou wilt not suffer him unto the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. Thou wilt make all his bed in his sickness. I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Mine enemies speak evil of me. When shall he die and his name perish? And if he come to see me, he speaketh vanity. In his heart, or I'm sorry, his heart gathereth iniquity to itself. When he goeth abroad, he telleth it. All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. An evil disease, say they, cleaveth fast unto him. And now that he lieth, he shall rise up no more. Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me, and raise me up, that I may requite them. By this I know that thou favorest me, because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity, and settest me before thy face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting and to everlasting. Amen Amen and amen. Amen. I'm not going to do an exposition fully of the psalm. Uh, although I will just share uh, briefly, there are five divisions I see. Uh, verses 1 through 3, the, the psalmist is describing the blessed state of those who consider the poor yes. and how the Lord will care for them. Uh, in verse 4, he confesses his sin to the Lord and asks for his mercy. Verses 5 through 9, David submits his complaint unto the Lord in regards to his wicked enemies. And then verse 10, he again prays for the Lord's mercy. Verses 11 through 13, he closes the psalm in praise and thanksgiving to his beloved creator. 
However, for the sake of time and for, to accomplish my goals, uh, I really just want to focus on the first three verses. Before I do that, I want to make a disclaimer. There are some commentators who say this is purely a messianic psalm. Uh, my ambition is not to try to prove or disprove that fact or to even approach it from that angle this morning. Um, it's obvious to all of us that it, at the very least, verse 9 is applied to both David and the Lord Jesus because it is repeated by our Savior in John 13, uh, 18 in reference to Judas, Judas Iscariot um, where he says, He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Um, and while on the subject of the character of Judas, I thought this was interesting. Uh, if you back up a chapter in John to, to 12, you see uh, Jesus' feet were anointed by Mary uh, with oil. And here's, here's the passage we read. This gives you a really good insight into the character of, of Judas or those like him. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Here's the key. This he said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and right. bare what was put therein. Then Jesus said, let her alone. Against the day of my burying hath she kept yes. this. For the poor always ye have with you, yes. but me ye have not always. So I'm going to center my comments uh, around our duties to care for the sick and the, and the poor from the first three verses, with primary emphasis on verse 1. However, before I do that, let's be clear. These activities should never be a substitute or compete in any way with our love with, for the Lord Jesus Christ and our obedience right. to Him. The proper order should always be one of joy. J Jesus, others, than you. All right, so let's briefly look at the, the three verses. Uh, verse 1, Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Amen. So deliverance from trouble for those who care for the poor is a terrific reward yes. from our Heavenly Father. David knew this about the Lord Jehovah from the Holy Scriptures and experientially. The word poor occurs in the Bible around 200 times many of which are found prior to David being introduced, uh, particularly in Deuteronomy, Leviticus, and Job. Poor is a, is a relative term, and we could use it with some pretty wide latitude, but for the sake of simplicity, let's think about people who are poor as those who cannot repay us for our charitable kindness toward them. Disclaimer, again, I'm not saying we should give all our money to UNICEF or United Way or Haiti or God-haters or, or drunks on the side of the road asking for beer money. But, but I do mean those less fortunate than us, and that's not due to their foolish neglect of wise counsel, but because of some act of God in their yes, life. Right. The Lord had previously ordained a spectacular welfare system under the Mosaic Law, the likes of which the world has never seen since, except with Bible-believing churches that truly understood Christian charity, just like in Jerusalem in Acts 4. Those in Israel who were poor because of an act of God in their lives were taken care of. We know that David understood that the first commandment with promise is to honor thy father and thy mother, with the promise being that of long life on the earth. Yes. He wasn't concerned with his diet or exercise or vitamins or any other such things. Those can profit little, but pale pale in comparison in their effectiveness. Yes. Much in the same way, consideration of the poor will lead to deliverance from evil days. Yes. 
and trouble, much more than any miserly hoarding of time or assets or attention, if not in this life, certainly in the next. Ephesians, uh, or not Ephesians, I'm sorry, uh, Ecclesiastes 11.1, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. It goes totally counter to anything that the world teaches. Our Lord Jesus Christ cared for the poor more than any man that's ever lived. He healed hundreds, maybe thousands. He fed many thousands. His gospel and example have affected the lives of countless millions. We read in John 17, just echoing what the pastor said, um, he was praying for his disciples when he was the one about to be tortured to death. That just shows you his care for others. On the subject of caring for others, especially when it is costly and inconvenient, it's one of the best ways we can love our neighbor as ourselves, as the Lord commanded us to do. If the person happens to be a child of God, then we're in essence serving the Lord Jesus Christ himself if we're motivated to care for them out of a love for him. Yes. I'm going to pick on some people here. Uh, an example I can think of from our congregation is Brother Adam's business growth and success. It's a good example. He's cared for many of us in various ways. He's done a huge thing for my family. And look how the Lord's blessed him. There's circumstances and things in his business that could have been catastrophic, and the Lord's always delivered him. Right. Just tremendous. Uh, I think about seeing a, a pin on a trailer you know, from across a parking lot. It could have been terrible, catastrophic. But the Lord blessed him to see that before it became a, a real issue. Uh, another, another example, uh, Lord's care of our brother Jim and his family during a very lengthy job search. Those things don't happen for many people. Uh, both do a lot for a lot of people. Yes. Someone here might, uh, someone here might think they're excused from caring for the poor in any meaningful way because they view themselves as being poor. What a terrible thing to think. Is it because of your own foolishness that you're poor? If so, what are you going to do to change it today? Mm-hmm. Is it your family, upbringing, so what? What are you doing today about it? Right. There is always someone in a worse case than you that can use your help today. Someone else here might think it's because they did something big for someone a time or two in the past, and that excuses them from having to continue in doing it. And that's nonsense. The fact that they have been and were able to do it in the past shows that they can do it today. They've just chosen to slack off. Spurgeon, I don't like quoting Spurgeon, but this one's pretty good. Um, Spurgeon said, Stale benevolence, when boasted of, argues present churlishness. Amen. It's a pretty good quote, actually. So again, if you can do it once, you can do it again and again and again. The most troublesome day that a person, so we talk about days of trouble, the most troublesome day a person is going to face is when we stand in judgment before the Lord Jesus. That is a day of trouble for, for many. And he described it well. I'll just read it real quick. Then, then shall the king, so this is Matthew 25, 34 through 36, then, then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hungered, and you gave me meat. 
I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Pretty good stuff there. Uh, and, and going back to David. So again, David knew this attribute of the Lord experientially. Here in the passage, he's in trouble. He's sick, or it, it seems like he's sick from the way it's worded. Um, but we know throughout his whole life that he cared for the poor and needy. And we know how his life ended. So this is further proof that God is true. Yes. God delivered him from Goliath, Saul, Absalom, and countless other enemies, and he died in a good old age with tremendous wealth and honor. Yes. Romans 15.4, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. So these things we read about David, we can learn from them. The Lord, uh, so verse 2, the Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, yes. and he shall be blessed upon the earth, and thou wilt not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. Right. Again, David lived a long and prosperous life. He died in the way that a, a wise man should die, barring some catastrophic event that's out of his control, and that is full of days. He did not cut himself off by intemperance or foolish or risky behavior. He didn't fall under the hand of his enemies. And Jesus Christ may have appeared to have fallen to his enemies, but we know better. Yes. He accomplished precisely what the Father sent him to do. Right. And he laid his life down, and no man took it from him. Amen. And more importantly, and this is my favorite part, he alone could take it up again. Right. All right, coming down to verse 3. The Lord will strengthen him upon the blanquishing. Thou yes. wilt make all his bed in his sickness. Amen. So again, we know that David's sickness in Psalm 41 did not result in an untimely death. The Lord did not leave our Lord Jesus Christ in the grave. Dorcas, in the book of Acts, cared for the poor and was brought back to life yes. by Peter. In our congregation, I'm going to pick on a few more. We've got many examples. Think of Brother Zach falling out of a tree, four stories, unscathed. It's unbelievable. Sister Francis being totally healed from cancer. Brother Tim's heart attack, and just as fit and healthy as ever now. Think about Brother John's recent fall and head injury mm -hmm. and miraculous things that are happening there in healing. What do these people have in common? Are they all on the same vitamin therapy or <laughs> fitness program? I don't think so. They continually have addicted themselves Yes. to serving others, yes. especially those who are less fortunate. So again, I hope I've met my goals. I wanted to give the Lord Jesus Christ glory um, because he had more consideration on the poor than anyone ever. I want to praise our Heavenly Father for his mighty acts of salvation, especially to those we know. Um, it's very evident and apparent. All you got to do is open your eyes and look for it. And then to exhort us to further growth and service, especially to those who are less fortunate. Lord, please bless us to love you first, others second, and ourselves last. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you, James.